Young photographers who are just getting into it and are still excited about it and work really hard. And then there's a bunch of like 40 or 50 year old guys. They've been doing it for so long and they don't really give a shit at all. And all the old guys and all like the union people tend to be pretty, you know, um, weathered. They can recognize when it's some bullshit. It's always some bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to the first, uh, second Sizzle Reel podcast of the year. Yeah. I'm Alexi. I'm Chris. And we're here uh, coming live at you uh, with the 15th episode. As a matter of fact, this 15, is so- 1-5? One 1-5. Five? One five. This is so live that this was taped five days ago. Damn. It's a delayed live taping. Well, that's okay because that way you can we can dump us if we say a bad word. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute so much stuff. I'm gonna bleep so much stuff that okay, Chris good. says. I'm gonna bleep Chris's address <laughs> again. But for all those who didn't listen to the Chris's address episode, eight you, so, you got that like wrong. That. I'm about to move anyway. Fuck. All right. Well, when he gets a new address, I'll keep saying it on here. We'll keep believing it. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a little in shock today, Chris. I'm a little bit thrown off because uh, today was the day that those dumbass MAGA people stormed the fucking Capitol. Yeah, that was a little bit terrifying. That was insane. It started happening around maybe three and our workday basically just ended. Our workday ended. I literally didn't do anything. I finished lunch and I remember being like, okay, I got to start doing some stuff. And uh, I was like, oh, I just ate that sandwich way too quick. That was the last thing I said before the Capitol <laughs> got stormed. I said, I ate that sandwich way too quick. I got to lay down for a second. And I laid down and then you were like, people are storming the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just a small little insurrection. Are you expected to, to continue your job during an insurrection? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I didn't. Sorry, clients. I didn't. I literally was like, I'm not doing anything for the rest of the day. Yeah. Like it's, and I'm not even a news guy. I don't watch the news. You know, some people turn like news and politics into their passion. They're like, yeah. I watch the news every day. Like my TV's on MSNBC or whatever. Yeah. I. I think I watched the news like twice last year. Um, you know, as some of you may know, I used to work in news and mm. uh, I hate the news. I, I don't enjoy it at all. But some things you have to stay up to date with, like something like that. That was big. That, that's a situation to monitor. That's, yeah, that, that was that was a big thing. What, what did you um? Uh, the, the whole time we were watching it, I was just kind of thinking like, man, it would be kind of crazy to be a cameraman on the scene over there. And uh, you said that it would probably be easier to to film that than to film like pre-recorded stuff well so here's the thing is i i wouldn't say it's easy to be at that particular event but when i've gone to protests in the past when I, like at in tallahassee florida's capital at the mm -hmm. capitol building they do lots of protests and that stuff was it was never violent you always knew what to expect and usually you weren't turning around anything too difficult like for the most part, you stay live, you know, you, you just wait until the producer talks in your ear and says, we're going to you and they check back all the time. And basically the reporter is just doing the work. You know, he's just talking, he or she's just talking and you're following what they're saying. You're showing everyone. You don't have to go find sound bites in between. You don't have to shoot a bunch of VO in between. You don't have to package that together and tell a story. You're just kind of letting the reporter do the work, which you know, that, that, that's nice. Like, I mean, I'm still working. I've got the camera <laughs> on my shoulder. You know, I got to make sure every, the mic is working, that we're actually live, but it's just, 
you know, it's a lot less stressful and rushed for the photographer. Yeah. The best part about it is they have to do less work. Gotcha. It <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense. No, I mean, but you're, I mean, is, is that basically what it translates to? The best part about it is that there's no post-production involves. There's basically, no, yeah. like literally it's what, what you see is what you get. That's basically, it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could see, I could see how that, that would be a lot easier. Yeah. But you know, there's also probably the stress. Like you're like, if I drop the camera that the shot's done. Yeah, I don't you think dropped I dropped the camera before. No, not mm-hmm. well, not live. I don't believe it. No, no, no I haven't had that happen. One time we had uh, we were on a sidewalk and some some lady in a uh, little Vespa type thing. What do they have? Yeah. What do they call them? Oh, uh, one of those like motorized, motorized wheelchair type that they thing. Put yeah, in the Publix that fat people use. Yeah, basically. You know, it Pu- was- Publix is a grocery store for all those people who aren't <laughs> from fucking Florida. She was coming down the sidewalk like from a distance and I saw it at the beginning of the shot like before we were about to go live and I was like well she's gonna get it right she, she knows not to come through and then as, as we go live she just barrels past the reporter coming straight through me <laughs> it was so ridiculous you ever it's crazy how I don't like granted I don't really go to grocery stores that much and I feel like grocery stores in New York are a little bit different but I remember as a kid anytime I saw people using those disabled or handicapped uh like motorized grocery things it was always seemed like it was someone who could walk, just preferred not to. Like it Basically. was always like kind of a fat person. No offense. Like I'm not fat shaming. I'm just like saying, don't ride in those things if you don't need to ride in those things. You know what I mean? It's a uh, fucked up. I agree it's completely. Stolen valor. Yeah, you, you say. You, I would say that's stolen, stolen valor. valor. I would say that's stolen valor. That's a different kind of valor, but stolen nonetheless, right? <laughs> I think it's the opposite of valor. What? How? I don't <laughs> that, know. That's shame, bro. Stolen shame? What the fuck? I what don't know. No, nah, I think it's stolen valor. It's a little fucked up. I don't know. I was, uh, I was, I was uh, int- very interested in like the process of uh, of that, that broadcast, though the telecast, because it's you know they weren't out here like expecting people to storm this building then no. they just had they had a whole different news cycle planned for the day or not planned but not cycle but a program planned for the day and then this happens and then you're just like that's it you're in like yeah. you have to stay plugged in and stay on for like four hours straight like absolutely it's it's crazy it's almost like i don't know for a shitty sports analogy it's like if you just got called off the like you found out two minutes before the game that you're starting and you have to play the whole game yeah, I mean, you got to jump into action. Like when you hit one of those breaking news situations, your body kind of, you know, you get the adrenaline rush. If you're a newsie, you're like, all right, all hands on deck. This is it. We're we're going in on this for the day. And like, we're, we're going to tell the story the best way we can. Is newsies what you called them? It was like, is newsies just anyone who works in news or is that just like I think, the people who are super into it? I don't know. It's it's a it's a Christian Bale musical. Is it really? Yeah, the newsies. What? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, young Christian Bale. I did not know Christian Bale ever. Was it a Broadway? Uh, it's a it's a movie. Oh, shit. I thought you meant he was like on Broadway or something. Damn. I had no idea. It's pro- I mean, that. it's probably a stage play too, but I mean, it's also a movie. It's, well, it's got to be. If it's a musical, it's probably based on a stage play. Yeah, 100%. That's just what I would think. But I feel like movie musicals. They, they, they don't cut it. They never cut it. Uh, Newsies is good. Yeah. All right. I mean, well, I guess, uh, no, what was that one with Tom Hanks? That was a, that was technically a musical, right? The one with uh, the Oneaters, the Wonders. Oh yeah. Yeah. That thing you do, that, that thing you do is technically a musical. That was, that was pretty fucking good. And I don't think that was on stage. I could be, I could be wrong. I could be, I'm making that, I'm like talking out my ass, you know, 
but what? I thought that was a great fucking movie. The one with the plant, the one with the plant, Little Shop of Horrors. That, oh, that, one was that one's as great. Fuck, that one's yo. great. That big old plant starts. I saw that people. as a stage play before I saw it as as the movie. I like the movie, but stage play was dope. Saw it at Alhambra Dinner Theater the in Jacksonville, Alhambra Florida. Dinner Theater. <laughs> yo, that's one great of those. Time. That's one of those things where like there's a trend that was going around TikTok that was like name something that like if you're rich and you do it. It's classy. And if you're poor and you do it, it's trashy. Yeah. The Alhambra Dinner Theater. <laughs> right. Basically. Or like that was a, some shit I got on Groupon or something. The best one was uh, golf. I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, golf. Like if you're rich yeah. and you go golfing, it's very classy. If you're poor and you go golfing, it's pretty trashy, you know? Yeah. That's that's the problem with this country. Whatever. I don't even want to get into that. There's so many fucking problems. Yeah. When What was the craziest thing you ever went live for when you were working in news and doing all that? Oh, I don't know. The, I, guess, I guess the craziest things were hurricanes. Oh, shit. Yeah. I you think, were out there in the hurricane? Yeah. Hurricane Matthew and uh, I don't know. Harvey? Irma. I think it was Irma. Uh, hurricane Har- Irma. Har- Harvey was the one that went to Houston, wasn't it? I have no idea. I think Harvey dude. was there, the There's so many hurricanes. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty terrifying. Just uh, stepping over live wires that were downed without me realizing it and driving driving on the interstate at like 20 miles per hour because i had no visibility and like just trees on the street everywhere she was pretty risky honestly it was just you and and a reporter and you guys oh my god and and we legit had to like pack for a couple days in case like the bridges went out because i think if the winds are over like 50 miles an hour they'll close the bridges so you have to plan to be stranded for a day or two uh, it's, it's like, it's like you, camping without a choice. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you gotta, you gotta have food for two days, like a bunch of dry food. And usually you'll, you'll seal, seal it up nice and like a little Rubbermaid or something like that. It, it's, it's a hell of a time. That sounds kind of miserable. It's, it's the worst. It's yeah. An adventure, but. It's, it's an adventure, but it's difficult by the time you get to your third day of 12 on 12 off and like, ah, oh, it's awful. I was thinking like, if you're like in your twenties, it it's doable but i feel like you know if i ended up if I, I like i bet the burnout rate for that is pretty wild like people probably switch out every like maximum like five years i'm assuming who knows maybe i'm wrong maybe there's a photographer who, yeah maybe there's people who do it for their like for like 20 years but it's like dude if i had to do that kind of shit like dealing with hurricanes and like dropping like dropping everything and going somewhere to go film a thing and 12 hour days for like man i could i could i would probably drop out after a week uh, i burned out pretty quickly i only lasted a couple of years doing it because mostly because i hated it it was really the schedule more than anything for a lot of people if they have the schedule they want they still kind of hate it and it makes them miserable but they just kind of power through it like they i don't know news photographers are usually a certain type of person who just i don't know they they get molded by it and it turns them into like it's a, a badge bitter, of, it's a badge of, little diamond it's a badge of honor Kind of, I guess we're together in this. We all, we all hate this, but we're together in it, you know, kind of there's, there's basically always a group of like young photographers who are just getting into it and are still excited about it and work really hard. And then there's a bunch of like 40 or 50 year old guys who just like, they've been doing it for so long and they don't really give a shit at all. And they just, they're like weathered basically. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've, they've been no through the ringer. Oh, wow. Damn. I didn't even mean to do that punch. Jesus yeah, Christ. That's good. They've been through the ringer. They're out here, you know, they're, uh, they're cynics. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of cynical editors. I feel like there's a, especially like at post houses, all the, all the old guys and all like the union people tend to be pretty, 
you know, um, I don't know what the word is. It's not weathered. It's not cynical. They're like vets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've, they've been through it. They, they can, they can recognize when it's some bullshit and it's always some bullshit. Out, it's all bullshit. It's exactly. always some bullshit. Yeah, the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, what was crazy. You know who would be a really bad news photographer? Any of those Trump protesters who were breaking all the equipment. Oh, damn. You shouldn't be yeah. breaking equipment. <laughs> that was so frustrating. That's, that's the worst. Like, why are you breaking the equipment? This it's, is, don't you, don't, if you're one of those people, don't you want the world to see your yeah. insurrection? Yeah. Well, to them, I feel like, you know, they probably think that it's all made up and that it's all doctored and fake stuff news. like that. Fake right. news. Exactly. Exactly. But I don't know. I, that was kind of nuts to see like the Associated Press's gear getting thrown around by, by, uh, I'm not even going to call them protesters, rioters. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Terrorists. Like, it's like, bruh, it's the Associated Press. <laughs> like they have, z- they're like literally there to take the picture and put it on the internet. Exactly. Like they don't, they're not going to be spinning stories. Yeah. You know? They're not opinion. They're, they're yeah. there for the facts. Yeah. It's, it, it's they're it's just like, documenting it. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, man. I'm, I, I think that like, I wonder if news is just going to keep like growing and growing and getting more divided and divided as an industry throughout the coming years, because like. I feel like there's more extremist news sites than there ever have been before, like news outlets, I should say. And and it feels like they are all being taken more and more seriously, like every year. Yeah, they're definitely a lot more legitimized. Yeah, people are drawn in by them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because they they can't get the spin that they want from their broadcast television, their cable television anymore. So they're finding alternate facts, I guess. Like they're, they're looking for... The, the story as they want it told to told to them, they're looking for that confirmation bias. And I mean, so those media networks are smart enough and evil enough to to play into that. What bugs me about it is the fact that they're always like, oh, my God, dude, we're getting political on this. I, I hate to do it. I guess I do it. all the time. I guess I do it out every political. fucking day. Well, you can't. Today's a crazy day to, you know, I look, the thing that bugs me about it is that they're always like. You got to think for yourself. You can't let them tell you what to think. <laughs> and you're like, what? They're they're just showing us what's going on. Like, well, you got to use that information to inform what you think. Yeah. Just because not what you want doesn't mean it's not happening. You Dude, know what I mean? It's I I, it's, I can't even get started on it because I I don't understand that mindset. Like, I cannot even begin to empathize with that person. I think it just has to do with human psychology. That's what's that's what gets extremists extreme. You know, in all regards, like I'm talking about extremism as a as a notion. Yeah. Not particularly just these this political set. Yeah. Just any anyone. All of them. Yeah. It's like anyone who's extreme in any way. It's all it's always due to some psychology. Right. But I don't know. I don't it 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 sucks because there's really no fixing it. It's like the way that tech is going and the way that media and information is going. It's like, uh, well, Shit, man, I don't see a solution. Like, no, uh, there isn't one, like, especially on a country or in a country that's kind of founded on freedom of press and, and speech. Like you can't necessarily censor those things, even if they're absolutely wrong and they're spreading lies. It's difficult. If you if you try to stop that, then that base gets even more riled up yep. and they feel like they're being censored. It looks even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's like. There's no, there's literally no solution. There's nothing I can think of. And I think that it's like so far, oh geez, I don't want to sound negative, but it feels like it's so far gone that even like all of the people who can make decisions, and I'm not even talking about a government, I'm talking about like industry leaders, like people who are 
you know, in charge of big tech companies, people who are in charge of media companies, all of those people, if they came together and worked on figuring out a solution, I still don't think they'd be able to, to convince them because once people are so far gone, there's, there's just no, no pulling them back. Well, and they're already so far into their, their conspiracy holes that conspiracy like rabbit holes. Yeah, exactly. That you, you can't get them out of it. Like they're, they're just underground and you can't reach them. Half of them don't even believe in the cove. <laughs> That's the craziest part. Is I know, that right? like no one over there was wearing a mask either. So it was just like this like super spreader event slash capital break in. Like, what is happening right now? Like, I don't how, know. How, is, how is this? Oh my God. It's it's insane. The COVID thing is being taken at different degrees of seriousness in different states. Like in Hollywood, they just shut down production again. Really? Yeah. They shut down like all production, I think, last week at some point. Damn. So it's like media is taking it very seriously. But like Texas, people are just walking around. Yeah. And Miami people My are going, freedom. To, going to clubs and shit. Yeah. And it's just like, God damn, man. Like, I think it's good to halt halt productions. And I, I think, you know, that's that's a thing to do. But what's to say that that eventually companies aren't just going to move their productions out of California if they can? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, OK, well, let's go shoot it in Texas. I mean, probably a lot of people shoot in Georgia, right? I don't, yeah. not, not COVID related. Right, right, right. But yeah. I, I'm sure Georgia will see an uptick. I hope it, I hope it slows back down in terms of production. I mean, for us, it doesn't really make a difference because we're just sitting in front of a computer, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's just not, it's just not worth it, you know? Plus like half the shit that we've seen, just from what we do, like corporate video stuff, I feel like those budgets are going to be slashed in the future because they're starting to see that like there wasn't ever really a need to send that many people on shoots and like you can just do you can do stuff a lot leaner i get that i just think the product is absolutely worse that way but i don't know if it even makes a difference to the to the consumer like if the end product is any different really like yeah the quality is lower but do they still get the same amount of sales like you're still getting eyes on it probably I mean, are people getting used to the the shitty Zoom footage all the time? Like, have people adapted yet? Yeah, no. I mean, I guess you're right in that regard. The product, the quality of the product is lower. But I think shoots where they would have hired 12 people to make these things. Now, suddenly they have to make those things with low key zero people. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe one or two. Right. But I think that they're going to hit that middle ground. They're going to say, well, we did it last year with two people. And we did it the year before with 12 people and the numbers didn't go down that much. So why don't we, instead of 12, let's bring six when we can. And so it's, yeah, like, cool. We're getting people in the field again, but ultimately it's 50% of what it used to be. Right. But I just, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's, it's, we're just gonna have to see where it goes in 2021. Again, like I said, personally for me as a post-production professional, I'm cool with remote stuff. It, it makes our lives a little easier, actually. And it kind of like helps our growth low key. Well, I, I, don't, I hate to say that at the expense of like, you know, a pandemic. But I mean, yeah, but some sometimes like for today on uh, today, for example, we're waiting on an undisclosed client's hard drive because they shot part of a shoot and formatted the card before they uploaded it to the yeah. drive. Oh, I see what you're saying. And you're saying that that wouldn't have happened if they had all the proper people on set. Exactly. Yeah, and that like that's lost productivity. That's lost time that, I mean, 
those are the kind of things that you don't really see when you're looking at it Mm, afterwards. Yeah, that's a good point. But like the, yeah, we're getting better at remote, but the workflow is still a little bit slower. It's still a little bit off. Like it's not perfect. I mean, I'm glad that it's allowed us to kind of make inroads. Is that a word? Make inroads. Do people say that? Why not? Make to get our foot in the door. Yeah, I said it, but I said people, uh, (laughs) get our, get our foot in the door and kind of like, you know, show what we can do and like get some new stuff to do, get some new clients. Yeah. Um, but if it ever, if it hopefully like the thing with those is if it goes back to normal, they'll keep us front of mind, you know, to do stuff. But I think they will. I mean, if we can, if we can make remote footage look good, then we can make proper footage look even better. Right. I'd hope so. Right. Yeah. I Yeah. I don't know. I I'm, I'm interested to see like where these next few months take us because I think we have a couple shows that we're, that we're working on that are going to be in that weird middle ground where like, yes, they're remote because they're going to have multiple moving parts. They're, they're remote, but each of those different parts is actually going to be shot remotely in their own studio. So the people aren't going to be together, but the footage is going to look pretty good. And those are always kind of the weirdest things for me because it's like, damn, everything looks great, but there's no like actual connection or emotion. And you have to work really hard to build it in because like it doesn't exist in reality. Right. Well, you know, we've already kind of worked on a show a little bit like that. That's kind of how the flip was. It was like a four person crew shooting it. Right. That's true. But the thing with the flip was that it was like one person talking to the camera. The camera was the other character. And it was like, here's what I'm telling you. Listen. Right. But like in this undisclosed cooking show that we're doing, there's two people and one person is cooking and the other person is watching and they're supposed to kind of you know, react to the, to the person, That's true, but they're yeah. not both there together. So, and, and like with food, it's like, if you're not in the same place to taste it, to smell it, to see the yeah, process and you can't share the food with it, with right. people like F- food is like, that's the thing that, that really, I think has suffered the most during this is like food content. There's still a bunch of it being made and it's, some of it's like really good. But like even even last year when we worked on like uh, Coneheads or the tacos, tacos tacos con Toto, actually the season two was the one that I felt suffered the most from this because like like that show was about sharing experiences. That's what that show is about. Yes, there were tacos, but it's mostly about sharing experiences and sharing culture and like talking. And they still like had food, but they did it over Zoom and like for for what they were tasked with they knocked out the park the show looked fucking amazing it was really it was great but it just is a bummer because the emotion didn't hit as hard as it could have because like half the time you know how it is on the phone calls you're like you're talking but the other person starts talking and you got to stop yeah it's it, it, it was a bummer and i don't know i the food content i think like is a little harder to do remotely well yeah and and we've got something coming up where Typically, it's supposed to be like a panel of people. So someone presents an idea to a panel of people and that panel reacts. But I don't know how they're even going to do that. Are all those people going to be in one place? Are they going to do it over Zoom? I'm not really sure. I'll bleep it. I just I don't remember. what. Oh, it's uh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. You think that's going to not be you think that one's not going to not going to go smooth? No, I think it's going to be fine. I'm just not sure 
how how it's going to be done exactly like typically there'd be you know one camera on on a panel of three people or four people or whatever and maybe you have a second camera that does the close-ups when someone starts talking but are they all going to be in the same place or am i going to be editing four different zoom calls against you know like the the host or whoever i like live in person how is it going to be yeah i have a feeling that they'll probably each person will have their own camera that'll be recording them and they'll all be recording their own audio but i think they'll be together on a zoom call like in their headphones yeah so they'll be seeing each other but you're going to be working with high-res footage i'd hope i hope they don't just give us a zoom call yeah (laughs) we have to because we've had a lot of that shit where like they'll send us a zoom call that's like one like a like at it's a 1080 screen in person but with the, the capture that comes off of it is like 720 max probably yeah, and yeah. it's divided into three and then you got to crop in on each person and blow it up and it's just like we'll do what we can yeah but yeah there's there's limitations with it well even the the Jesus Amaro panel that we did for for complex land like that was only two people on on the call with a third person and it, it pretty much worked out because they all had their their separate audio so I was able to to work around that but they were still talking over each other constantly. Like it was so many little micro edits in the audio to make it work out right that it just slows the process down. Yeah. I mean, well, because rather than it being a actual conversation where we can let it breathe, we have to create the flow of the conversation. You know, you can't have people just yammering over each other or whatever. I'm well, I guess I can't say I'm surprised, but I think that, I'm hoping that this year we see like a lot of uh, innovation in the like remote interview space or like the remote filmmaking space. I don't think it's going to go back to 100 percent the way it used to be, because this is a lot of the time, frankly, is just a lot more convenient and it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. And if they can figure out how to do it in a way where it's like low latency and you can really, you know, create interview conditions that are at least approaching what it would be like to be in the room with that person. I think you're going to see like content go in that direction. I think some of it absolutely will, but ultimately when you're, you can never totally expect what the talent's internet connection is going to be like. There's always going to be some dropped calls. It's, it just doesn't look as good. You don't, it's not as intimate I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's an inferior quality product. I do agree that it's an inferior quality product right now, but it's got yeah. potential. It's got potential. Like right now we're basically, dude, let's be honest. What are, we're making this shit out of a program that wasn't intended for this at all. Like zoom wasn't intended to record video and create content. That's not what that wasn't the point of the fucking program. It was like, yeah, we don't really need the quality to be that high as long as we can try to minimize latency and that's it. But like when the day comes that like a company is willing to go all in and like put a cup like a year or two, a couple years of research and development into that technology, like I think we'll see it get like way better. I think it's going to be like three to five years. I think it's about 5G. I'm, you not, think even, so? I'm, not, I'm not even saying that to like roast 5G. I really do think that 5G is going to be a game changer for that. I think it's not just the software, though. I think it's the hardware as well, where like these these webcams, especially the front facing ones. I mean, they only capture so much like it's a low bit rate. You got to wait for those hardware updates to, to start releasing in, in, you know, next year's MacBooks. And then you have to wait two or three years for people to start actually adopting those right. MacBooks. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, like, 
I mean, right now you can, you can capture great footage if you hook up a DSLR or mirrorless to your computer and, you know, you run it through some software, but you still have to have that camera and you have to know how to set it up properly. And yes, I mean, you need the talent to, right. to be the, the producer as I, well and the cameraman. I, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. I think right now there are a lot of moving parts. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But I think that's because we were pushed into this Zoom call era, right? Yeah. And we don't, we, no one expected to like, we weren't yeah, prepared for it. Yeah. There was never a demand in that space to create an all in one plug and play solution for like, Hey, can you, can, no one said, Hey, um, Sony, can you make a product that I can plug into my USB port and sit right there and it all plug and play with my zoom teleconferencing software or whatever, capture a high res image that auto focuses and has a built in like microphone on it. That's directional. Like there was never a request for that. Right. Yeah, that's but true. Now I think that that product need exists and you know, we're hoping that it doesn't stick around for a long time. We're hoping that that product need goes away, but I personally think that that can of worms is open and people are going to want to keep doing things this way. So why not? Like, why doesn't a Sony or a Canon or a Logitech, we talked about this before, a yeah. Sony, a Canon, Logitech step into that space and go, Hey, we created a plug and play solution, literally USB, you put it in the computer detects all the drivers. And when you turn your webcam on that thing, like captures high res, they exist already. They're fucking webcams. The thing yeah. is they're, they're just not marketed properly. That, I mean, yeah, but you still have, you're right. You still got to get something. You, I mean, that's the point. Yeah. Of and, and just like trying to control an environment that you're not in as a producer or director is a pain in the ass. Like that will not never being change. A, that will never exactly. change. Well, I mean like, you know, like shoot, shoots that we've worked on where someone won't take a painting out of the background that yes. at home <laughs> because they're like, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then you just have to have that shitty painting in, in the shot. In the middle of the shot. You get shot. no choice. And like, yeah. you know, people don't have studios in their, in their houses where they can, it just never looks as neat. Like it's always it's a messy desk with, with a Coke can and like some random bullshit in the background, like a trash yeah, can. Trash can. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a really embarrassing uh, shoot. Actually. The painting was a nude, not, oh, yeah. not even was, a tasteful nude. It no. was a distasteful nude was front and center. We had to, we were just like, Oh man, but the client loved it. The, the, <laughs> client, the client rebranded to, to fit. The client was like, yeah, this is actually going to be our new logo. Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, CES. CES is kicking off today. And, uh, well, not today. You guys know we taped this in advance. CES yeah, is kicking, kicking off. off. It's kicking off. All right, guys. By now, you should be familiar with our favorite sponsor. Smells like. Smells like BK. It's a Brooklyn-based candle company. You know, they actually just came out with a few new scents as well, I believe. They got some new scents. They always have new scents coming because everything's a limited edition. Dude, you that's know? so cool. Yes. I, I love when products do stuff like that where, like, it's actually a craft with limited runs and you know, exclusivity. It's one of one, you know? If you try to order, like, the Smells Like Teen Spirit candle this time next year, good luck getting it. You're probably not going to get it. It's probably gone unless... Like, dude, it's rare. You got to check StockX. Yeah, you got to check StockX. It's going to get flipped. Right now, we're burning a Justice in Peace candle. And that one smells great, man. It's uh, I can't really tell you what the notes are because I'm not that educated, but I am quite <laughs> elevated. And you will be too after you get the Smells Like Candles. Well, you, you got to put in the, uh, the promo, promo code. code. Yeah, that's right. 
Sizzle? I believe it's just Sizzle, and it gets you 20% off, which is like a hell of a discount. That is a deal. Honestly, like, we sacrificed for you to get that sort of deal. You don't know what the negotiations were like we're to get that deal. We're paying out our own pockets. We are, man. We're losing money on this spot. <laughs> but hopefully you guys like these candles. Hell yeah. All right, everybody, we're back and we are talking CES 2021. We're talking CES, man. We're doing it. It's kicked off today. Today, 5G G talk, the virtual CES. Never did I think I would see the day of a all virtual CES, but a pandemic has made it happen. CES is a that's a great platform to be all virtual, right? It's perfect. I mean, it it should be perfect in theory. I don't know. I hope that they keep doing it. I actually low key kind of likes going to CES. CES was the last CES 2020 was the last travel job I did before the Cove. Yeah. I got to go to Vegas. I remember I was sitting outside the Venetian with my friend Matt and my friend Scott, and we were uh, drinking some uh, water and having some lunch, Mm -hmm. and uh, we made a a little bet because my friend Scott loves uh, buying uh, little kind of kind of like handbags. Yeah? Yeah, they're like, uh, like fancy leather handbags. Okay. But he'll buy a bunch of them and he'll put a bag inside a bag and that's what he travels with. They're like these like luxurious like Louis Vuitton handbags. Okay. He I buys respect them, that. buys them all the time. Yeah. He's a bag man. He's a bag man. And we were like, we bet that for the next year you won't buy a bag. And then the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended up, I think he ended up uh, having to buy bags because. I think you know, so. It's I not think, like he was going anywhere with, with uh, his bags. You'd be surprised. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure he went to Miami. But oh, okay. I, I think, uh, you know, it's also one of those things where it's a comfort thing. It's like. Like, what did I do during pandemic? I ate a lot of McDonald's. That's true. That's you know, true. What did Matt do? He bought, he made a chicken coop and stuff and planted vegetables. Oh, yeah. His garden. Right. I'm jealous. Scott probably bought a bunch of bags. All right. You know, yeah. I think that's how it goes. It's your hobby. But I don't know. CS, it, it's fun. It's it's crazy because that period of it is a lot of work because you're there in Vegas for like six or seven days. Damn. We show up a few days early to get, you know, assimilated, acclimated, yeah. whatever. Because the, the whole like day one of it is like really like day two for us because we have to kind of do stuff beforehand. Gotcha. But I don't know. It was, it was pretty fun. You've you never been to Vegas, have you? I have never been to Vegas. Uh, I think we were supposed to go last year for our fantasy football draft. Uh, wow, so cool. Yeah, but it had to, had to be moved for extenuating circ- circumstances. And maybe we're going to go this year. I don't know for sure. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say you're probably not going to go this year. I'm dude. not sure. I mean, it's going to be in late August, so... Okay. That might be that might be enough time. I'm not gonna guess. I mean, Tree Fort's supposed to be in September, right? That's right. Yeah. Look, if you go to Vegas, and I mean, no, I was gonna say if you go to Vegas in August, I'm gonna go too. But if it's safe to go, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I'll go too. I mean, that that actually be kind of fun because you were. I do. I do you, know the people. You oh, know I the was people. the original owner of the team. Well, it was it was originally split 50 50. No, I don't know about that. I no, it was not. Original. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> not at all. Because because you, you wanted to join, but the buy in was $20. Hey. And you were like, I don't want to spend $20. Chris, you want to spend $10 I and go to, in 50 50 on this? To, I had to find an investor, an entrepreneur from a young age. Yeah, you know man. What I, mean? I was like, all right, well, and you know how it's paid off for me. I don't think I won any money. I just left. No. Nah. I got out of you there. You dipped after one year. No, but I'm 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 excited for CES 2021. Um, from a from the perspective of uh, you know, will it be a complete dumpster fire? Like how? I just it's gonna be boring, right? Of course, it always is. Like it's gonna be so dry, just sitting there watching like technology pressers, basically. Yeah, no, it's dude, it's always dry though. Even going there in person, it's boring. The the part that's fun, you know, outside of 
going to nice restaurants and like going out. The part that's fun is, you know, not that I got to do this that much, but is getting to walk the floor. And in my opinion, my favorite part is discovering all of the weird little brands that are there that like have the like just the weird booths that, you know, you can go do some fun experimental shit that like yeah. you didn't think about. Like one time uh, from, I don't know, like I like music. There was a thing there one time with guitars and it had like built in effects into the guitar or something like that. And you could just pick up the guitars and play around with them. And I was like, oh, this is really fun. Um, there was other times when it was some smart car type thing and like not a smart car, but not like the smart car, the brand, but the self-driving like smart cars. It was like a, a BMW or some 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 high end brand. And you could go out there and you could just test drive these cars. And That's like you, awesome. you had to get in line and wait for a while, but you could test drive these cars and like you could t- test drive self-driving cars. And that kind of stuff is really cool. And that's the kind of shit you're not going to be able to replicate, obviously. So, well, I mean, that's the interesting part of technology, really. Like being the use to- cases. The yeah. Use cases. Being told about technology sucks. Experiencing yeah. it is awesome. Like mm-hmm. being able to, to feel and see firsthand what this technology can bring you that changes your perspective on it entirely. Like just being yeah. told about it is like, it just feels so conceptual and out yeah. there, but seeing it is believing it. That's why, I don't know. I think that CES, they're going to next year. I think as soon as they can come back, they're going to come back. Yeah. Cause like that type of thing, it's plus so much business gets done at those things. It's insane. Yeah. Like well, I'm, I'm go ahead. I was going to say, right. Uh, it was, was it CES? No, it, it was something else right before the, pandemic happened you, oh mobile world mobile world yeah. you were gonna go to yeah we Luxembourg, were gonna we were go, somewhere no barcelona barcelona i don't Luxembourg. know jesus don't christ know. dude i'm not like the, a power player <laughs> in the financial know, market <laughs> Luxembourg. i have like, no idea tax, i just, tax havens I just remembered it was some, some some european city yeah no uh the that was that, that was gonna be fun those are you that's usually at the end of february but but you were going there partially just right. to, to network right 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 yeah like i was gonna do the you know, production as I usually do. And then Amy was going to do a lot of networking at a smaller, smaller tech conference going on in Barcelona at the same time. But Hey, didn't happen. Uh, maybe it'll happen next year. Who the fuck knows? I mean, it probably won't. Let's be honest. It's probably not going to happen this year because there's this year. There's no way it'll maybe 2022. I have no idea, man. Maybe. But the thing with the, with old CES that was pretty fun was like, you know, just uh, I would go there a lot with Intel. That's mostly well, not a lot. Every time I went, I was w- going with Intel. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always cool to see because it's a big event for them. And it's always cool to see like their booth design and how they do everything like their booth uh, would be. They had like multiple like stories that they would build out in their booth and they would have a lot of cool little stations where you could go do stuff. So it would be like they'd have like a self-driving car thing. They'd have wearables. They'd have, uh, you know, like little like cameras that you can wear or like smart watches and smartphones and your typical like laptops and tablets and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then they'd always have a more experiential thing where you can go in and it's like a wall that responds to people getting close to it and changes colors and plays yeah, sounds cool. and like they do really cool stuff. Yeah. And then they would like this booth is so, so big, man. It's crazy. Cause like, you know, everything is built like, a couple days before, like th- the week before, and they just prop it up and then they tear it down. And you could go into the like the places where they had meetings was the upstairs level of the booth. And you go in and you sign in or you talk to the 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 like hosts and then they lead you up the stairs and you go to the conference rooms and you have your meetings and stuff. And 
it's it's insane because that's just one booth yeah, in like yeah. a giant you know vast uh, conference hall and uh it was it, it was always really cool just to walk around and if we had any off time to go to to random things like the like the polar like the polaroid booth for yeah, example yeah. and and everyone has these really cool little experiences that you can do and that's what makes ces worth it i don't see why anyone would pay money to go to this virtual one this year are there any brands that typically stick out at those um yeah i mean intel always has a big um presence there samsung always has a big presence there for me maybe i was just tainted by intel stuff but i feel like qualcomm had it okay and like maybe nvidia was there too pretty much any like anything sort of related to the consumer electronics space has a presence there this year i think verizon has a big presence there it just it showing just, off the 5g right i mean the 5g is supposed to be the thing the 5g they talk about that shit every year though so who who knows what's really gonna happen yeah but now it's it. actually being implemented like now it's actually yeah. the phones are capable of, of accessing it yeah that's why i think that uh it's gonna be a game changer when it comes to like remote workflow yeah i really do i think that it's gonna make things a lot easier because it'll i don't want to say eliminate because i don't think it will eliminate but it will heavily decrease like any downtime or lag or anything when it comes to video streaming i'd hope you think they're going to talk about Wi-Fi 6? I guarantee you they're going to talk about <laughs> Wi-Fi 6. That's what they do, bro. They always talk about the buzzwords. That's one thing I will say is going to those. Those things are like when I was a young, impressionable like person who was out here trying to make videos and I like didn't understand how the business or marketing world worked. Not that I just do, but like when I understood it way less. Yeah, super green. Yeah, well, super green. I, those CES things were like a boot camp where I would learn so much about how that stuff worked. I remember there was one time I went and I don't know, I don't know if I should share this anecdote, but I will. There was a, <laughs> I learned about this one metric called share of voice. Oh Can yeah. I tell you this? Yeah. I learned about this metric called share of voice. And, uh, I, I remember like from day one, we were working on getting out these tweets, editing some cool photos, making some gifts, making some videos, like making real cool Intel content, right? And they were like, okay, we got it. We're measuring our share of voice. Oh man, the first day would end. They go, yeah, we're we're trailing in share of voice. We're third. I was like, oh no, like we're third. It doesn't sound bad, but no one's excited. The next day, all right, guys, we're, we're climbing back up. We're, do, we're doing a little better. Next day, all right, guys, we're, st- we're still hanging in there. We still have a chance to dominate share of voice for the, for the, fe- for the, um, for the conference. Okay. It's the last day. We're reach we're like reaching that last moments, the last few hours of the thing. And we got this like metrics, uh, this thing keeping up with all the metrics, like a pie chart or something like that. And uh it's updates live and like we're sl- we're climbing, we're climbing. It's like, oh, our share of voice is climbing, our share of voice is climbing. Oh, we're first, we did it, we won share of voice, we won share of voice for the conference. And I was like, yes, dude, this is so rewarding. Like I'm editing the photos and the videos that are helping us win share of voice. Like this is awesome. <laughs> so then like, you know, that all wraps up and I'm euphoric. I'm on, I'm on cloud nine, Chris. Damn. I go and I go to talk to, to my, to my manager and I'm like, Hey, so that's, that's kind of cool. Like we want to share a voice. He's like, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, we did a good job. And I was like, so what is share of voice? He's like, well, it's a metric that measures how many people are talking about the conference and it's measured using this hashtag or something like that. And I was like, wait, it's just measured using a hashtag. So 
in essence, it's like whoever just puts out the most stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, that's what it is. And I was like, wait, so we just put out the most stuff. That's yep. all we did. It's not like, it's a, you know, it's like, well, of course we won. Cause by that point, this, is, this isn't a fan vote for yeah, the all-star game. Yeah. I thought like we'd made some like incredible content. No, we just put out more of it than anyone else did. Yeah. And I guess that's the media climate these days. Like that's marketing. That's social media marketing. It's whoever puts out the most stuff kind of stays the most relevant and wins. Got to be prolific, man, in the yeah. video game. It's uh, it's so weird, though, right? It's like... Got to stay at the top of everyone's minds. I guess I get it, like, because social doesn't wait for you. It's just going to keep going. So you just need to always stay in the feed, right? So, like, it, yeah. it makes sense. But, damn, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it wasn't true. I wish, like, you could spend all three days making something really good. No. No, it's no. not. That's not how they do it. Yeah, it's, it's about being prolific and not being quality, you know, quantity over quality. It's ultimately just about satisfying the client. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And if the client kind of lies to themselves in that situation, if client, right? If the client wants quantity, they, they, they want quantity. Yeah. So much of that, though, is also like the corporate machine driving itself. You yeah. Know I, mean? I mean, they're they're just trying to adapt to, to the market, right? They're the, just trying to maximize their profits. The corporate machine was the first self-driving car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it drives its own profits, dude. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know, man. I, um... I am excited though to one day get back to the to the CES, you know. Like last time I was there last year, I didn't have to go to the conference hall to the convention hall one time. That's we, that's lovely. Yeah, that's we worked great. out of a suite in the Venetian. It was amazing. Sometimes I would go have lunch by the pool. It Damn. Was, uh, I brought my Switch. I was playing Super Mario Odyssey when I didn't have anything to do because oh, there was some times of downtime. I'm so jealous. It was amazing. It was actually a great trip and it was good to reunite with everyone. So the last work trip I went on was to Phoenix and in my downtime, I stayed at my hotel and watched TV. You didn't go do anything? There wasn't really anything to do. I went to a baseball game. That's pretty good. But Matt didn't want to go. Well, of course, Matt. You know, Matt, Matt doesn't want to go to baseball <laughs> and I, did, I didn't know anyone there, so I like I was just by myself the whole time. And that, Phoenix isn't exactly like a, a great place to go out in and like do stuff. We had to be up early, so it's not. That's the thing with those work trips is like they're fun because you get to go places you wouldn't have thought to go. But a lot of the time, like you're the only one doing stuff. So it's really yeah. on you. You have to be good at like being an independent tourist kind of this was also in the middle of the week so it's not like there ain't shit to do yeah yeah i mean it's it's almost like pick a couple good restaurants yeah and that's pretty much all, all there is to do it's it's I, I would say like the weirdest place that i went on a work trip and ended up like liking it and having a good time was pittsburgh i was like yeah pittsburgh's yeah. awesome yeah have you been yeah it's it was it was wild we stayed right by the one of the stadiums i think they're both pretty close to yeah, each other they're right there on the river yeah, I mean, you can walk around. We were in downtown and got some good food. I think we went we went to Heinz Field when it was under construction because there was like a event for the conference that we were there for. So, oh, you know what it was? It was ISEF. It was also the ISEF thing okay. that you were. It was that the other sense. version of the one that you worked. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I miss it straight up. I do. Oh, hell I, yeah. I miss I miss traveling for work. I don't want to do it every fucking week, nah, but I miss a couple it. Times a year, maybe a few times a year. It's fun. We got to get rid of this fucking pandemic. Yeah. I'm done with this. We got to get this COVID. Wear get, a mask. Wear a mask and stop going to storm the Capitol. Yeah, we don't want no, that. No rushing the Capitol. No storming the Capitol anymore. And if you're going to do it, just wear masks. 
that's all i can ask all right guys thank you for listening um chris what's the what's the socials they can get us oh i think it's at sizzle real gang at sizzle real gang on twitter and instagram that's right but still, still zero posts <laughs> we'll get there but really the good content shishkin productions on tiktok right we're gonna get back into that soon there's gonna be a couple things going up that was i took a little christmas break yeah nothing wrong with that i was like you know what I'm just going to sit around and play Red Dead Redemption and eat Korean food. Yum. Did it for like four days. It was great. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Later.